God, may your words be the meditations of my heart. Inspire us by your spirit to hear. Amen. I realized I forgot those, that line, and I always think that's quite important to remember. <clears throat> remember how God blesses us in so many ways. I don't remember when it was that I learned about this scratching that was found at the Auschwitz concentration camp when, um, <clears throat> on D-Day, when they went in and, and saved the people, or as close to D-Day as they could. And as they went in and found people there huddled who had survived through World War II, they found a saying on the wall that someone had scratched in, and it said, I believe in the sun, even when it is not shining. I believe in love, even when I cannot feel it, and I believe in God, even when he is silent. I learned about these three lines because of a song. <clears throat> it's been made into a very popular song, and I'm not too proud to say that every time I hear that song, I burst into tears. Not ugly tears, but I just, it pulls at my heart. You know, have you ever had a time in your life when God felt silent? I will share that I have called people in the loss of loved ones, and I knew from experience losing people in my own life, that there's a moment when you find out someone has died or something has happened when you start to question everything. Where is God? Why is this happening? How can a loving God let this happen? You know, as pastors, if we had, if we had a quarter for every time someone said, if God is good, why do bad things happen to good people? You know? It's the big age-old question. God feels silent. And it doesn't only happen with death. It happens with all sorts of things. It happens with relationships ending. It happens, my goodness, it happens when all of a sudden you stop long enough to realize you're in a global pandemic and nothing is as it used to be. Anybody else feel that anxiety to even go grocery shopping? You know, <clears throat> I remember the first time I had to go out, left the boys at home, and like, I can do this. They had the Sam's Club. It was bef I had my mask. I had my, my sanitation wipe. And I'm not kidding. If I touched it, I bought it. And if I had to open a door, I figured out a way to put something between my hand and the door and the anxiety level just, you know? And we have people going to work in all of this and trying to figure out how to stay safe and healthy and keep their families healthy. And we have people who are in hospitals who are, are caring for people who are, I can't imagine. And now we're trying to figure out how do we start going back together? You know, I had a friend this last week, we were talking about this and and she, it was so funny, she says, you know, we have grandparents who lived through the 30s that hoard everything, like throw nothing away, you know? I have, um, I have experienced that on so many levels with so many different funerals. 
And she said, we're going to be the generation that all of a sudden we realize we're standing six feet apart and we're not sure we really want to touch each other. And we're going to keep scrubbing our hands like nobody's business until they're raw and red and, and awful because that's what we do. And we're not always sure why, even when it's okay again. Fear, worry, anxiety. The two men on the road to Emmaus felt this. We don't know both of their names. One was Cleopas. We don't know who the other one was. And they're walking along, and like happens with human nature, they're talking about everything that just took place. They're talking about how, you know, probably a conversation of, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. What do you think, why do you think the tomb was empty? Do you think someone stole the body? Do you think he really came back? You know, someone had to have stolen the body, but who would do such a thing? I can't imagine. Can you just hear the indignation, the the fear, the anger, the sadness? How could they even kill him in the first place? You know, how are we going to keep going? He he was doing such good things. He, He was teaching us so much. I can't believe he's gone. Just all of the... The, the uncertainty. And they're walking along, and all of a sudden, this other person comes up to him and says, what are y'all talking about? It would be like somebody today going, why are you talking about staying home and social distancing? Okay, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of talking about it. I've talked about it so much. What are you all talking about? Well, have you not heard about everything happening with this, with Jesus? Everything happening with Jesus. Yeah, he died. You know, I mean, tell him the whole story. You know, we look back on the scripture and think, oh my gosh, how did they not know? How could they not know that it was the risen Lord, the risen Christ, their Savior, our Savior. How could they not know? But what I've learned in my life is that there is no statement more accurate than hindsight is twenty twenty. I, I, everybody here just went, you know? <coughs> Excuse me. If you could go back and do something over again, wouldn't you? Hold on. (coughs) If I could not inhale wrong and try to choke. It's easy for us to say, how could they not have known? But they didn't. You know, It's kind of the same way today. Did you see God this last week? Was the risen Lord there? Did things happen in your life that you realized, oh, God still loves me and loves every person I met? And and I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy to miss it for me. 
not because I don't want to see. But you know, we're living in a time where things are not as they're supposed to be. Grief is starting to set. Grief is starting to be intermingled, I think, with anger, sadness, with anger, with when are we going to get to have this over? It's like, it was exciting at first, wasn't it? We're doing this for the good of all. And now we're like, let me just go about my world. When you're, when you're in the midst of grief, the loss of someone or something, it's hard to see. The promise. The love. It's why in the walls of the Auschwitz concentration camp, they wrote the words, I believe in the sun, even when it's not shining. I believe in love, even when I cannot feel it. I believe in God, even when he is silent. How did we not know? How did we not see that God was still among us? How did we not believe? How did we not have faith? That's what the two two disciples are asking after they finally realize, oh my gosh, can you imagine how stupid they felt? We just explained the death and, and everything that happened to Jesus Christ himself. Oh, how stupid. What, Jeff? I never thought <laughs> Except Jesus got it. He understood. He, he recognized that they weren't going to see him. I don't know why. I don't know why when Jesus came back, people didn't recognize him right away. People wonder if he looked different, if they didn't expect to see him, what, what it was. Nobody's quite sure, but people didn't know... It took a minute because it was no longer a head and a visual recognition. It became a heart recognition. They had to know it with all of their being, their soul. You know, that's kind of how it works for us, isn't it? As Christians, as believers, as people who who are looking around trying to see God, it's not our heads that have to wrap around it. Oftentimes, it's our hearts that have trouble. In the, um, on the website Ministry Matters, um, James C. Howell, in the, the tab Weekly Preaching for April 26, 2020, he suggests that actually for the disciples to get to the point that their heart could see Jesus, I add the heart, but that they could recognize Jesus, they had to be able to dig into scripture, they had to break bread, worship, commune with Jesus, and they had to show hospitality. They had to move outside of themselves. They had to, to invite somebody to join them for something. They had to think about somebody else, not just what they were going through, but what others were going through. And, you know, I got to thinking about that whole idea and being distanced. And like I said at the children's moment, we as a church are so good at doing things within our walls. And then we have our things we do outside of our walls. But 
it's not to the same degree, is it? You know? I mean, if you look at the list of everything postponed, it's postponed because we can't all gather here. And it's postponed because I've been trying to figure out how to do it. So I have some plans this week. And Matt just went, oh. But luckily, Matt has known about these plans. First of all, on Facebook, we're going to actually start putting things out daily as much as we can. We might miss some days, but I'm going to invite you, if we miss some days and you see like a, a quote that was insightful or inspiring to you, you're welcome to, to message it to Matt or myself or share it to the page. If it's something that is controversial or political, there's a chance we'll remove it. We reserve that right. But, but if it's something that spoke to your heart and it helped you see God, put it on there. And we're going to be working more intentionally about putting things on. On Sundays at 5 o'clock, we had just made plans to start youth group back up. And so what I would like to do is Sundays at 5 o'clock, I will be on Facebook ready with um, information. And I want to see how many of our youth we want to come together. And if nothing else, just talk. I have a really awesome Bible study called, can't even remember what it's called, but we'll be looking at it, seeing if we want to do that. Um, I have learned how to do movies through the computer, and so we can have a watch party, so we could do movies, or we talk about um, our faith in the midst of it. How, how is our faith relevant right now? And if nothing else, it can be a time for all of you to come together and bemoan the fact that you never thought you'd say you wished you were in school. You know, you wished you were in school. Wednesdays, I've already shared, 6 o'clock, we're going to have Kids for Christ. I'm going to put it online. Grayson is excited. He thinks the first week we should do the lemonade machine. And so I'm going to put that out there, and we're going to try to figure out how to incorporate that into our lesson. But it's for um, preschool kids on up to 5th grade, 6th grade's youth group, 6th through 12th. And we'll have that there. Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock, I'd like to go back to doing a Bible study. I found some things online um, that we could use. And so I'd like to lead one just because of the fact I miss you all. And then um, there is an app that we can, you can download on your phone called Faith Connection. And it is from Cokesbury. I received information about it right before I moved and thought it'd be fun, you can, I downloaded it last night, they're giving everybody a month free. And it's, it's an app that gives you daily devotions, but what it also does is it helps to connect you, um, we can connect as a group and do a weekly study. I won't lead it. it, it's just facilitated, everybody is doing it together. And I think it'd be fun, um, it could be like a, you know, a Thursday evening thing for, teachers or for some of the younger people in our congregation, young adults. Um, we don't have to be in the same place. We don't have to come face to face. We can just get on our phones, our computers, whatever, and chat and go through the lesson and talk about it and reconnect with each other and God. That's a lot to roll out for one week. Some of it's going to work, some of it's not, but the reality is, is I don't know about you, but I need that connection 
so my heart can remember God's here. I need the reminder that I have time right now to share. And that we don't have to come to this place to have it happen. We can have it happen in so many ways. And then I invite you to figure out how you can reach out to others. Open Door Mission has things you can do at home. We'll put some of them in the newsletter. The Mission Committee has volunteered to let anybody in on the plan with um, Don Berglund's insight and oversight and help on what we're going to do with our community garden and how we're going to share the produce with lost and found and any other community who needs it as well as this church. We're going to reach out beyond ourselves and remember that it's not by coming here that we're the church. We're the church everywhere we are, have people who believe in Christ. Who knows, it might just be by making a drive through happy birthday or happy anniversary or thinking of you. You see, God is here. The risen Christ is here. We celebrate and remember and recognize every single Sunday and hopefully every day of our lives that the cross is empty. The Lord is among us walking, sharing, inspiring us, giving us a spirit, and helping our heart to see, not just our eyes, not just our minds. So may we keep being the church in all the places we are, in all the ways we can. Thank you, God, that as we walk along this journey of life in whatever place we are in, Whatever situation, you're there with us. Help us see you, be inspired by you. Help us not be ashamed either when we say, how did we not know? But help us receive your forgiveness, your hope, and your love as we then take the next step in your glory. Amen. <laughs>